As a result of his daily routine of walking and calisthenics, Ike's strength improved, but it only added to his restlessness. He tested the door when things were quiet, and found that it was secured with a wooden bar that slid into iron brackets at each end. He found it easy enough to raise the bar by sliding his butter knife between two boards and carefully lifting it at each end. Once he had the bar free of its attachments, he carefully lifted the door. The bar slid off the side and clattered to the ground when the door was opened to a point where Ike could make it through. From his position, the sound of the bar falling was thunderous. He looked over the edge of the door to see if his activity had been discovered. From somewhere to the far side of the house, he could hear what sounded like someone chopping wood. He hoped it might be Marcus, and that the noise of the axe had covered for the noise of the bar falling. He looked and listened, straining to hear any evidence that his attempt to escape had been noticed. Go on, Ike. I don't think they heard you, Johnny said in a breathless whisper. Why are you whispering? Ike replied in his head in a similar manner. Force of habit, I guess. This is kind of exciting to me. You've been pretty boring lately. I wonder where Mrs. Pendleton is, Ike thought. Maybe she's on the other side of the house putting posies on my grave, Johnny replied, still whispering but giggling. There were clothes on a line behind the house, clothes that could only be those of a very large man. Ike walked over and unpinned a pair of pants and a shirt that would have covered he and Johnny both. He was about to go behind the smokehouse to change into Marcus' clothing when he spied the door of the cellar yawning at him, advertising that something was amiss. He eased the door and its bar back into position and then headed back to the smokehouse. Just as he was about to reach the cover of the building, his bare foot found a sliver of broken glass that penetrated his right foot just far enough to send a bolt of pain up his leg. He stifled a scream and hopped on the other foot to the shade of the outbuilding and pulled out the glass. The cut wasn't too deep, and he had other things to concern himself with. The shirt hung on Ike, and the pants were not about to stay up on their own. He fashioned a crude gallus out of a piece of old rope he found and managed to hitch the pants up to a point where he could move and not lose them. Johnny was having a good deal of fun at Ike's expense as he tried to clothe himself. When he thought he was covered well enough, he peeked around the side of the smokehouse and still saw no one. His heart was beating so fast and hard that he could hear it in his ears as he gazed around and tried to decide on a plan of further action. When in doubt, head north, Johnny said. With no better idea to counter with, Ike did just that. He had positioned himself with the smokehouse between himself and the sound of the axe, which to his delight was still coming rhythmically. He darted to the east side of the house, which was the farthest from the chopping, and still the axe blows came steadily. He ducked under a window as he eased along the side of the house and peered around the corner, only to find himself staring into the twin eyes of a double-barreled shotgun. Mrs. Pendleton had no discernible expression as she walked Ike backwards over the last few yards he had gained in his quest for freedom. "'If you shoot me, your son Todd may suffer for it,' Ike blurted out. He was suddenly angry and desperate to get the upper hand on the woman. They both came to a stop at the back corner of the house, and she lowered the gun slightly. 
If I shoot you in the foot, he might just avoid combat or even get to come home early, she said, pointing the gun at Ike's left foot. His own pulse pounded in his ears as she cocked the right hammer. Please don't. I'll go back down in the cellar, Ike said, disgusted at the desperation in his own voice, but convinced that the woman would maim him for life.